and welcome to the 23rd episode of the second season of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward, and Daniel MacDonald is back in studio and we're joined by Steve McGuinness of the PFAI uh, for what's going to be probably a bit of a highly charged uh, episode because of the disgraceful scenarios that are um, unfolding in a couple of clubs really at the moment, particularly Bray. Um, but we're on Podcast Republic Stitcher, we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, at LOI Weekly on Twitter. First of all, welcome back, Dan. Hi, Johnny. It's good to good to see you. Yeah, a, a long, long time in yeah, Russia. Yeah, well, that wasn't even that. I suppose it was three and a half weeks, four weeks, or something like that. So, um, I I can't go away for that long. I find I, I I think like a week or two max, and then I just get just get homesick and I want to come home. Yeah, it's uh, funny you like yeah, I have that homebird streak in you. I I think it flew a bit this time. Like I think the Brazil, I was away for something like six six and a bit weeks at the end of it, and at the end of it, you're no matter how good it is, you're still like. Craving a seven, point again. Seven days, six days, five. You know, yeah. you're sort of on, you're on the countdown zone. But uh, at this time, I really it, it sort of flew past, and there was a lot of sort of three day trips to here, and you know, to say get like Kazan for four days, and then somewhere else for three days. So there was always like it was a series of mini trips rather than being in like one place all the time mm. for you know and getting sort of sick of it or anything like that. You know, so, did, uh, did your time away like kind of copper fasten your love for your wife? Newly, <laughs> your wife of only a few months a few months yeah well she listened to me on news talk last night talking about how great what Russia is and like started referring to me as Daniel Trump because like I'm now <laughs> like a, a slave to like Russia come back Russia's a wonderful place and Russia's fabulous and I, I'm not coming back home and suggesting that all of a sudden because I liked Russia I now endorse Russian foreign policy and mm. you know everything that Russia does I'm just saying that like it's not a bad place to go to could we and, get um, Vladimir Putin in a bray might do a better job <laughs> Stephen McGuinness if, if he's available maybe he could put in or Trump could come in and, and maybe have a few words there yeah. it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's hugely worrying at the moment after meetings that we had with Bray yesterday uh, bleak with the word that I was put we, yes. we, before sorry Dan yeah no, I was just going to say like, because obviously we're going to talk about sort of Bray and Limerick stuff today that we are recording this at Wednesday lunchtime because things will I suppose develop. events may develop you know um, in the, in we the, are in also going to get a long chat about the European games um and a very disappointing. Uh, last week, I loved your. I loved your moment last week, Johnny. Do you know the way you, you you slagged off? Um, you slagged off. Was it Pat Morty or Dave Barry for talking about playing Prague? And, and I was on about. And you were, you were, like you were on about Pats and Minsk. I saw Minsk play five years ago, and I was like, Johnny, three or four. I years. can't believe what you've done here. But it, yeah. in fair, we at this stage we've had five. Like you Warsaw. I mean, there's only two of the same players, but still. I, you yeah, know ah, no, you more know than that. that. I think there's only a handful of survivors. Uh, yeah. well, five five games um, and only one team has scored from from the Irish club so far so we will get to that and we'll preview the games the weekend presume they go ahead but Stephen we have to start with uh, well I, I guess we start with Bray mm. um, how serious is this situation at the moment and then there's been a lot of uh, at a time when you know our Champions League representatives were playing in Europe Bray and Limerick were on the back pages but particularly Bray yeah I, I think I've been in the job just over 12 years um, and this one is probably as as bleak as I've seen. Um, I met with the, the chairman yesterday um, for, for maybe an hour and a half. Um, Mr. Mulvey. Yeah, to discuss things with him. And, and and unfortunately, it does look very bleak. There seems to be no plan. Normally, when you go in and, 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 and discuss things with, 
people at clubs there's there's some type of solution or there's um there's a way of maybe resolving it can we take money from the gate can we do this can we do that i have to say but based on meetings that i had yesterday and, and i spoke to the to the squad of players last night i spoke to them face to face up in blue by last night after i met with jerry it, it does look it does look bleak um and unless new investment uh, comes in really quickly um, I, I think we're, we're looking at, at, a, at a game next week against Cork City that right now I, I just can't see him being played um, I think the players have show, showed huge patience huge amount of professionalism and, and are preparing for the game themselves um, and thanks to Bluebell I must say that to Andy Dillon and, and the guys at Bluebell for, for the use of their facilities last night for the players to train and, You really uh, got a lot Bluebell for that like Yeah you do Yeah, and they did offer it as well and, and so did Port Marnock but uh, and even Keith Brown who, uh, who's uh, the physio at Talca Rovers come in to give physiotherapy treatment to a number of the players who have some very serious injuries um, and there is a duty of care to the players that, that we have as well as a union and, um, and it was great to see the spirits there last night with the boys uh, training together and and hopefully to give it as good a performance as they possibly can against both because the integrity of the league is a question if you don't prepare for games and I think that the players are aware of that Who trained them? Um, Ollie Cattle Ollie, Ollie just helped out it, it, it was there was from the player's point of view, it's more just to get out, to, to stretch the legs. Because they hadn't trained before the Sligo game. No, no. So where were the management? That's from Martin's point of view and, and his staff. Um, they have uh, obviously their own issues to do with the club. Uh, unfortunately, as you know, uh, managers and staff aren't members of the PFA, so I don't have any um, mm -hmm. things to them. Our job is to, uh, on the request of the players, to train, and which they asked, so they could keep fit. And we facilitated that. What What did you you said an hour and a half there with the chairman? What did you talk about? over an hour and a half yeah I, I suppose we discussed obviously the, the current situation um, we discussed obviously um, the, the history behind where it's got to um, what potential uh, there is around trying to get a new investor in and potentially the more sanctions that might come their way um, the work that we're trying to do to try and find new employment for the players um, and but as I said to you, it, it just doesn't look like to me right now that there's a solution to this and that's the most worrying thing and, uh, and I said it a number of weeks ago uh, that wasn't enough energy around around this that, that the FAO for me it, it didn't seem to be the warning signs were there and it didn't seem to be acting on it and I hope that, that in a week or two's time that people don't start pointing fingers now or blame at, at anybody I think the players have done everything they possibly can and are continuing and, and, to and more yeah. How, how could the FAO have acted on it then I mean let's just let's take the devil's advocate here how could this have been stopped I, I guess I, I suppose Dan when you look at it I th think you've got to go back to the very start of the season like, I mean if we we'd seen the the issues last year, yeah. okay, and and, and, <clears throat> and just to to clear that up as well, the players were paid uh, last season. There was no issues in regards to non-payment. There was obviously statements, various statements that went out, and the FAO uh, looked for a significant six-figure sum to be put in an escrow account to to guarantee the players' wages to the end of the season. So that was put in place. So when you were a player at Bray signing the contract at the start of this season, which were which were very very late, if you remember, the signings mm -hmm. of the players was very late, um, and the manager being appointed uh, and getting to do his work was very late. You were then thinking that after the issues that went on last year, surely that when I'm sitting now to sign this contract, there is the the, the money that was that was lodged to give them guarantees to the end is at a minimum in place for the start of the following season. You would expect, and obviously. Nobody's come out to say this, whether from the FAO or from licensing. What, what happened? What, what happened? How are we in a situation where we're, not, where we're halfway through a season and we have players who have now gone and are on the verge of two months unpaid? It's remarkable to me that, 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 that there wasn't anything put in place to have a, a, a significant amount of, his, uh, of the budget of the club um, put in an escrow account. And, or has he just been given a budget and 
just been allowed to do what he likes. I, I cannot get my head around that. I can't get my head around how, how they've been allowed to do that. And on the basis of what was the budget sanctioned? Like, we saw the players re-signing at the club um, who were there last year, Gary McCabe, Aaron Green, Connor Kenneth, top professional players in the league, were, were, were re-signed. And what did they have to provide? But the, I mean, this is the thing, and, and like, the, I, I've always made this point, so I'm not, I, I, I would say, you know, you can't look to players to deliver um, sort of moral guidance in terms of decisions that they make. Players are naturally going to go with an offer that comes their way. But, but given what happened with Bray last year, I mean, as a union, would you ever get into a situation where you would, you would strongly urge players to think about signing for a club? I mean, look how late they signed that. I know, I know that. But I mean, they, some of them had offers from other clubs, obviously. I mean, not them, you know, all, not them all. Like if you look at the training camp that we ran this year, Gary McCabe was on it. Like. Mm. Gary, Gary McCabe. I, and I don't <clears> think you can, and this is one thing that I've seen in the last couple of days. People, like, like point, in general, well, people are pointing fingers at players to say, oh, well, you shouldn't be going there. If, if you sit across the table from somebody and they're offering you a contract, and there's a, there's a governing body and a licensing the, the committee that are supposed to monitor it and review it. You are trusting that that is all done. Mm. That's what you're trusting, Dan. Like, I mean, yeah. anybody sits across, no matter what club I signed for, I'm expecting that they can pay that. And what we're having at the moment now is, which is disappointing to me, is suddenly pointing fingers at players here. Like, and, yeah. and I've got a number of people contact me and say, oh, but players should know better than to go to the Bray Wanderers. Like, that's ridiculous. It's totally out of no, order. No, I, I, no I, I appreciate that point. But I, I'm just saying, like, you know... W- do you, we, not think we, that, do you not think there's a responsibility? Because well, the way you're talking, uh, no, no. Do, do, from a licensing point of view, mm. do you not think that there's a responsibility from the FAI who run the league and the licensing, licensing body that's there to, to make sure that there's checks and balances and not just that, that is monitored month on month? No, I, I, just, I, agree, I agree. I'm just trying to play a bit of devil's advocate here just to try and... Because, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I think that the points you make are completely fair and I have huge issues with the licensing process um, because... As much as there seems to be this element of, well, I mean, it's an independent process and so on. As we know, they need to get budgets approved. And I would love to know what assurances were given at the start of the season to, you know, what Mm. projections were given, what commitments of, you know, sort of a benefactor support were given at the start of the season to get through this process. Is that, is that not a, the point though? There's because a huge grey area yeah, obviously uh, there, there, no, there There are no answers. I know, and I know, nobody and seems to be given any answers. We had, we had a weekend, Johnny, of were you, people were you confident, handing it this, were you, What I'm really trying to say is in January, were you worried about Bray? Or oh, when they started coming in and, and signing players, I mean, naturally you're thinking, well, this is well, this is good, you know, there, this is work and you know, there's, there's, there's contracts coming out. Or do you, do you have something in your head at that stage? I would say to you that I wrote to licensing um, asking the question, is everything okay at Bray? I will say to you that when it took so long and, and I'm thinking to me, and, and I'm just a layman looking from the outside in and I'm thinking it's taken that long, they must have had some amount of paperwork to clear up here. They must have had some amount of checks and balances done on them to be coming this late to offer contracts. You're thinking, oh, they, they, so really that, they're really tight on them now and we're not going to have these issues. That would have been what mm. I would have thought. And I think the players thought that after what they went through last year, um, money had to be important to an escrow account, a significant amount to make sure to get out of the season. I think you're thinking to yourself, yeah, th- this will be fine. This will mm. be okay. With always that little caveat at the back of your head saying, mm, we might have an issue, but don't forget, no wage was missed last year. Everything was paid on time by Bray. They brought their own problems to the table. They, they, they aired that they had issues and whatever else and made some outrageous statements, which were... I, I just yeah, no, I mean, that was... So baffling stuff. But yeah. both, they never missed the player's wage. So, that's, that, so if I'm a player, Dan, you haven't missed a wage... There was uh, some issues, but the club um, put the money in an escrow account, so everybody was happy. So if you're signing again this year, 
you would absolutely take that again because you yeah. got paid bang on time. So yeah. there's nothing to suggest to you at that stage that we're going to hit the issue that you're in. But there was a red flag and you're thinking, Lewis is going to be right on top of this and the FA will be right on top of did, it. Did you, get, did you get any impression from Mulvey about like what, what, what's the reason for being there when there are no one coming through the gates? Like why, why are they actually running this football club that they didn't have a long-term relationship with? Um, you know, and now they've basically left the players high and dry. Mm. Um, they've screwed up people's livelihoods really and they could potentially screw up a football club that, that could basically go bust like yeah. I mean it's obvious that it could go bust yeah, and a league as well a, yeah, and a league they've screwed up a league so like I have a player for example saying I, I go how do you get on with the PFAI hmm. quite recently and he said like we have a lot of issues in terms of trying to get mortgages and even trying to get cars and I, I spoke to another lad who got a mortgage recently and it was a real struggle yeah how does this help? Like when banks are looking at Bray Wanderers like this, they're like, "Well, the League of Ireland players, you can." It's a fair point. You know what I mean? We, we, people just look at. They go to games. They look at players and they think they're players. Well, I'd love to be a footballer. Like I wouldn't in a million years be a League of Ireland player if, if that was the working conditions that I have versus what I have at the moment in the in the private sector or whatever. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So why why is Mulvey there to go back to you know why yeah. why are they there? Yeah, I, I suppose. And okay. do they have, does he have any care and empathy mm. for his players? Yeah. When when I spoke to, and I speak to Jerry, I do think there is empathy there for there from him to the players. Right. No doubt. And I have to say. There's a huge amount of goodwill from the players towards him as well. Right. It's not like maybe there may have been other people that were involved in the club last year where there seemed to be a huge amount of bad feeling towards the players towards maybe them. But in, 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 towards Jerry, and I said this to him last night when I met him, there's no bad feeling from the players. I, I think we all know that there's a property play at play here. Um, I think we know. I think everybody knows that. But Jerry has a, has a background in football. He was at St. Pat's. He's a huge background in, in the game. Um, he... He seems to see a vision here where that that the community in, in Bray and that facility and training pitches and all that, that seems to be the plan. But at the moment, there seems to be a huge issue in regards to cash flow. There seems to be an internal issue within the club, which I believe the FAU are trying to resolve between them so that we can get to a stage where we get the players paid and get out to the end of the season. But it needs everybody to pull this together. And as I said, we met him last night hoping that there may be something that would come over that would see a bit of chink of light at the end of the tunnel. But right now, and I said it to the players last night, I don't see a chink of light at the moment. And it, it, it really does need um, everybody uh, at this stage and uh, more importantly, the FAI to really find a way. Like we see the, the Limerick situation where it seems to be seems to be resolved within one meeting with the but, FAI. But, okay, so what's the difference then? Um, I, I, suppose, I suppose the difference between the two is that... Um, I think Pat Sullivan has put um, a huge amount of, of his time, money into into the club, and uh, and at I think, Limerick, yeah, at Limerick, and I think he's um, he's committed to it. I think he's fully committed to it. I think that's his that he is his sole focus is the club, and I think he's done it. He's done a really good job. There's obviously issues that have happened recently, but from Jerry's point of view, I think that there's other people in, at play. I think at, at Limerick, it's it's just Pat. And he's obviously tried to try to in the in the off season this year has put put it out there that he would like to have new investors coming in, but he's keeping it going himself and has the, looks like he has the wherewithal to continue to do it. So you'd have some sympathy for Jerry in the position that he's. Kind of I'd have some sympathy for Pat in the position he's in from Jerry's point of view. You can see what the plan is. You can see what the plan. The plan is the ground. The plan is is, is trying to develop um, uh, the Carol Oil. Um, Unfortunately, um, I, I I don't see us getting away. I don't see a way over it right now. I just don't see a way. So over what's it. going to happen then? In, well, all, I, I, in all likelihood, in all likelihood, I can't see. If you were asking me now, Johnny, right now, 
I don't see the Cork City game going ahead right now. Yeah, and it just if, if Bray were which to is fold... Friday, which is Friday week, just for yeah. people who may not be aware. That, that's yeah, Friday if, week. If, that's Friday if, if Bray were to fold as well, and this is kind of really immaterial versus the, the bigger picture, like I presume the Dundalk points... Yeah, the so, Dundalk so, points, that's trivial. So, yeah, so yeah. It's trivial, but it could have a role in how the title goes well, as well. It could, I mean, and it could have a role in the promotion of teams in the first division if, if Bray are gone. So there's, there's so much at play here. I, now, withstanding the death of a well, football club, potentially... we have the precedent. You'd have no automatic relegation and you'd just have uh, the team who finished second from mm. bottom playing in the playoffs. So I don't think it would have any real difference in the first division. It would. Uh, no, okay, so I, I think mean, it would depend on Limerick. Um, mm. yeah, what the Limerick yeah, situation. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think we've 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 a lot of hurdles across yeah. before we get into that. Into mm. that I think we're at a stage as well there where licensing. I think are probably going to have to make a decision fairly soon here on this. The transfer window closed on the thirty first which means that if... Those players, obviously, yeah. Yeah, so, so there's a big decision to be made, I think, in the next seven days on what's actually going to happen at Bray because I don't, I can't see the FEI just keeping this going like with games not taking place and then a window closing where players can't live. <clears> so I, I think we're going to see a decision within the next week or so. Now, now we stand that we're sponsored, obviously, by um, independent.ie and Airsport. John Fallon has an article in the Independent today, which is Wednesday, where he just talks about the licensing process Um how let down have you been by the FAI in this? Because they just seem to, in terms of their commitment in the media, it basically was what it seems to be was one in-house kind of video that they did. Mm. And um, and the words used from Fran Gavin were probably disappointing. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what was happening at Bray. Yeah, I found it difficult, obviously. Uh, some, some, pe- some people on, on social media saying, just Stephen, just cap yourself out John, outside John Delaney's door when I said it, we couldn't get a meeting with you in the same building. Yeah, um, that, 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 I saw that a few times myself. Yeah. So what's your take on that? Yeah, um, that's not the way it works, obviously, in there. But uh, I suppose from our point of view, we've requested numerous meetings with the FEO to discuss um, the situation at both clubs. And we found it extremely difficult um, and I think Frank Gavin was asked a question at the weekend there and he sort of said, I don't want to talk about it publicly, but I find it difficult to get any sort of information from them. Um, how can, how can these you tensions, not... These tensions trace back to the women's... I would, yeah, I would probably agree with you, Dan. I think it does go back to... But to how to can that. you not have a meeting about something as big as this? Like, how can you keep fobbing off on meetings about two clubs, mm. one of which could go bust after however long it's been in existence? Mm. I, I think, Jenny, you have to ask that question to, to the FAI. Now, Frank Gavin isn't on the show. We don't have some of the FAI that here to answer, obviously. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but, I mean, but from our point of view, I suppose yeah. it's just important to say that we are requesting the meetings. Just request a meeting to, for, with John Delaney this morning and request a meeting with Frank Gavin yesterday requested a meeting when about five o'clock in the deadline when uh, Bray were given the deadline to pay so from our end we're doing as much as we possibly can um, but it, it just doesn't seem the information and I have to do say Garrett Maher actually uh, only yesterday I've actually started to get some some um, some contacts and, and it's, it's good to recognise it's important for me to recognise that Garrett has now started to, to to send messages to me to make me aware that statements are coming out because the players are very disappointed on the statement that the FUI made on Saturday mm-hmm. where they basically said that uh, there were sanctions going on the club and that, that um, they expected uh, payment to be made or whatever there was nothing to the players or nothing to us. I don't know whether it's, it's as Dan said, does it does a harp back to that? We've tried to resolve that issue with the women's international team. We've tried to meet with, with John and we've put it out there to try and meet to like, try and so resolve it. So what? You get, you get on with it. Like, you know, yeah, what, what, you, of course yeah. there's going to be tension from time to time. But unfortunately that isn't the way it seems to work. So um, the, um, the one thing I would say, I don't want to take us off, off track, but you know, like there, there was chat, there was chat last winter, obviously, and you have to be sorry, you know, because I think it was informal, it wasn't formal that, you know, I think the FBI were conscious that there were problems and that clubs that were in the first division, I think, were maybe informally sounded out about coming into the Premier Division, right? I think that's true. And and there's, 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 there's two ways of looking at this. So it shows that they're not 
they're not head in the sand, oblivious to what was going on. You know that they obviously there was an awareness, and and well, they do I, win the I, league. I, like you know, I know, of course. I look. I genuinely think that there's a there's a big element of pride about how things have been managed over the last you know twelve to eighteen months. That you know they're very clear about having a front that things have improved and the league has come so far in, you know, 10 years and that the optics, and this is just my personal opinion, this isn't like, I'm not saying this is a fact, it's just my my personal opinion, that um, the optics of a club going kaput are so bad that they're very keen to try and help clubs along and ensure that they get from, you know, they survive one crisis to the next and one crisis to the next. But eventually that catches up to you over time. I believe now. I guess I mean, Stephen makes a very valid point about Brady last year. They they basically complied with licensing because in licensing, if you have your money paid by a certain amount of t- by a certain stage, and if all the clubs have their money paid by a particular time, whether it's at, you know after Christmas, February, then they're okay. So I guess they've they've complied with the rules. So I guess they continue. But do you need a stronger type of leadership? It's a difficult one. Under what basis do you? say no to a license if they've come forward and technically met all the criteria mm-hmm. that licensing ask of you. And it should also uh, be you known know, you that... You can't like, really, you can't, you know, you can't go to a club who's saying, you know, because it, it is, and I've seen this point made by, you know, uh, people involved with clubs, some clubs who, who are very fond of the FEI, but, um, but all the same, that there's a lot of clubs who have private funding in the league that in theory... You know, Garrett Kelleher could pull out a path, mm-hmm. you know, tomorrow. And, 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 and football clubs all over the world are basket cases. Of, like. of course. And, it's not just an Irish at, at the start of the year, you can't necessarily go to those people whose clubs are much, seem to be run better. They're at the whim and, of and a benefactor. Say, you show, me, show me your cash for the rest of the year yeah. to prove that you can meet it. So I, I take that point. Right? I do take that point. But, like, there was obviously an awareness over the winter that things weren't great at these clubs. And... I think you're looking for some type of stronger, more inspiring leadership at this point, even if it meant a very unpopular and difficult decision. But I don't know how they could have made the decision. I'm talking about not. I'm talking about refusing the club a license, basically, on the basis of concerns that you have. But can you do that on the basis of a hunch? That's all I'm saying. It's it's a it's a difficult situation. Um, but I really believe that like there's been an attempt to just let's keep these clubs going and last summer Bray were on the ropes and it was definitely you know they were getting help and I suppose that's what an association should, should do um, but it's, it's catching up with you now and if you have the optics of a team dropping out of a season midway through a season maybe affecting a title race Terrific. maybe affecting uh, whatever you have be. an asterisk this is, Dublin, this the is Dublin City 2012 yeah. all over again and that's the type of stuff the people are coming out there talking about creating the atmosphere mm. like if you create the atmosphere for Dundalk in 2016 you create the atmosphere yeah. for this um, and you can't devolve responsibility for, for that um, so it, it's it's been allowed to come to this position. Um, is this is this fast tracking down the road? Is knew. this fast tracking down the road where the FEI's role is going to become less and less? Is this what? Sorry? Is this fast tracking the FEI's role becoming less? Well, and less? I mean, I think because if you read Rory Hewson's article in RTE, I think yesterday he was just on about the sustainability of the league and. I'll put this to you, Stephen. There's, there's so much potential for, in terms of even like streaming TV, like across the world, like um, proper sponsorship, proper TV uh, rights, notwithstanding the great job that the likes of Air do. Um, prize money is terrible. So if you're not, if you're not a club that's getting the European money, and we've spoken about this a lot, there's a huge. There, there, basically, there's no money coming in really. 
Like the, the reason, unless, apart from gate receipts and a benefactor. So I think there's a lot of potential. Is this going to fast track a new kind of, I suppose, uh, hegemony in the League of Ireland, a new leadership structure and a new ownership structure, in your view? Yeah, it looks like we're going to have a hybrid model of mm. the FAI and the clubs and then a limited company run, similar to, to up the north. Um, it, to be honest, in, in my time when, when I was involved, when clubs, had, when clubs had run the league, it, it was an absolute disaster. I think there was a freshness, um, there was a there was an energy about the FAI when they took the league over first, which I think as year on year that has just diminished and 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 it's not at the level or it's not at what I would expect. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people in there that are doing lots of different jobs, um, and there's no sole focus on the league. I don't think there's enough of a focus um, on the League of Ireland from the FAI. I don't think they they have it anywhere near the priority list within the organisation. That's my take on it. Um, that's not being critical. That's a fact in my opinion. Um, when we're trying to, and, and uh, you have to applaud 19s, 17s, 15s, 13s, and 13s coming, sorry. What we have to have then is that at the very top has to be the strongest because we're the sporting kids to come in to be professional footballers. And what we're going to aspire them then to be not paid for two months, <laughs> to have to pay their own medical bills. Like uh, uh, my young lad is playing at Bohemians like, and he's playing on the 14s at Bohemians. His dream, his absolute dream is to play in the League of Ireland. For both. For both. Uh, it's absolute dream is to play get for a game both. the way they're going. Yeah, but... Uh. But but what is he dreaming for? Like, what yeah. are we selling these? What are we selling young players in Ireland if we can't get it right at the very top of it? And it has to be it has to be governed better. It has to be protected. There needs there needs a huge amount of of the FBI's resources and time put into the game. That is, in my opinion, it's nowhere near what it needs pa- to be. Page twelve and thirteen of the Irish Independent is with Limerick FC today, which is not where you want it to be. What's the latest there? You got slated in a... Yeah, let, let's, let's, go for, let's go for the Limerick statement, okay? And we'll, okay. we'll let Stephen respond to it. I think now it's a long statement, so we're not going to run through the whole thing. But obviously it details, you know, the club taking full responsibility for issues with regards player payments and so on. Um, you know, references before the 2018 season, the club submitted what was a prudent budget to the club licensing process as it budgeted for an income less than our actual income for the 2017 season. The budget produced showed a break-even goes on about how gate receipts and national income did not um you know did not match you know the, their expectations Limerick increased the price this season didn't yeah, it yeah no, we, we can go back to there's yeah. definitely huge internal issues there mm. the, the, there's no doubt in that um this is the key period i guess in may the players wages were due on friday june 1st bank transfers were made to a number of players in that day and the balance due to the remaining players was paid prior to their next training session on monday june 3rd however on the monday pfei officials arrived to our training ground and requested that the club lodge the players salaries for the rest of the season into an escrow account guaranteeing players salaries up to october 2018 that request was deemed unreasonable particularly given the history of limerick fc and honoring all of its commitment to players um, makes references to the club taking cost-cutting measures the last few weeks, um, you know, the chairman meeting with players, you know, arranging subsequent meetings. Um, on, on the Monday evening, this is of uh, July the 16th, that's the week just gone, the club received communication from the PFEI that they had arranged a meeting with the players for Tuesday, July 17th to ballot them on strike action. We are extremely disappointed by this action, particularly given that the PFEI have at no time requested a meeting with the club to discuss the situation nor try to find a resolution. The PFEI's only course of action was to look for an escrow account for players' salaries and then call for strike action. 
This was very disappointing. It continues, the action of the PFI and the leadership by Mr. McGuinness in their decision-making during this time has not been conducive to create a good working environment between players and management. And it just references, since 2009, there's been no occasion for the PFI to contact Limerick regarding wages. It continues, but that's the basic thrust of the point. So, Stephen, your, your reference, you mentioned, what, what would your response be? Um, it's unnecessary. Thought the statement was unnecessary. Um, Is it true? No, we obviously put a statement out ourselves last night to to, to correct. Um, huge chunks of it are just inaccurate. I don't know why people need to write stuff like that. Um, it, it looks like to me they're trying to get trying to take responsibility away from themselves. Um, the bottom line is the players weren't paid on time last month and weren't paying on time this month. Ten days late this month. Um, the from the PFA point of view, yes, we we I went down on the Monday bank holiday Monday. This is, the June, this is the June just the June bank holiday Monday to suggest that I have driven down on a bank holiday Monday when I've got three kids of my own to drive down there on the basis that everybody had been paid I think that's it's, it's very far-fetched to think I'd go down there it was on the request of our rep there which is Brendan Clark who had requested me to come down because the players hadn't been paid so it's inaccurate to say that every player was paid that they, they weren't it went the payments were only paid that week and the number of players only paid later on that week when we met with the club and, and, and I'd spoken to the, to the players and I spoke to the chairman that day, the players looked for the, for the money um, to be put in an escrow account one month ahead. So they always knew that the money was there month on month. I think that's a reasonable request to put considering the, the, the feeling that the players had. A number of players didn't want to train that day and I'd asked them would they train while I spoke to the chairman, which they went out and did. Um, the, the club didn't believe what I had said to them and said that they wanted to meet the players individually to have... Um, to ensure that that was the position that they had. I said, there's no problem. I drove back down the next day with Ollie Cahill and we sat down with the club player by player. Quite hostile at, at, at times, and I have to say. Hostile towards what? Uh, hostile towards myself, probably, um, to be honest. It was fairly hostile. Um, but that, that's fine. Look, it's part of the job. You're not in this to be popular. You have a job to do, So, and I, I understand that. Um, I think the club did apologise for some things that were said in there, and they did apologise to me personally uh, on the day, which, which was fine, and that was accepted. Um, Every player said the same thing. Every player said, we want the commitment that our wages are going to be okay each month. Um, the, the chairman of the club said at the time that he would, he would give them that commitment. Um, a number of players obviously subsequently left the club. But after that, we then decided that, based on what the meetings that we had had with the club, that it was, um, it was best for us to try and deal with the FAI um, and to engage with licensing to ensure that everything was in place. Um, them meetings, as is well documented now, never came to fruition, no matter, we, I think we had seven requests to me. I had spoken to Kieran Judge last week to say, look, where are we in regards to wages? And he said, look, Stephen, I don't know. Um, Who's Kieran Judge? Kieran Judge is the general manager of the club. And he's the one that, like, I'd never speak to Pat because Pat obviously runs the club. And, and, and just to say, on all this, we have a good relationship with the club. We really do have mm. a really good relationship. Um, I was disappointed with it, as, as you read out, and I was disappointed with the statement yesterday. But the, the, the players... Um, as, you, as you would have seen with the statement that the players put out yesterday, um, they're just looking to protect and to ensure that they're paid on time. And I think that's a reasonable request for a group of players to put on any employer. Um, it wouldn't be acceptable if a player decided to turn up for a game the day after the game. Like it's, it's just, I think it's reasonable to ask for it. And I think, Dan, and I have to, do, to say this, I've been in the job a long time. I think we've tolerated this type of stuff for way too long. We really have tolerated um, as, as, as an organisation. As an organisation, Johnny, I think we really do. I think we have. And there's a bit of a shock now because Gini, these are making a stand now. And the clubs are going, whoa. And the FU are going, Gini, are these people actually going to, on the basis of this? And, and I think, Dan, I think, I think people are, are, are sort of surprised. Look, in any other walk of life, 
people would never have gone seven weeks without in pets. a first world country. It, it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a product of the historically haphazard way in which yes. we've done things in this country. Now Appreciate there are dysfunctions. I mean, there will be times in a, and I think you know there is there's probably a call for everyone to understand that haphazard nature. And yeah. for example, idiosyncrasies like now, not specifically to these cases, but a club can go eight, eight weeks without a home game. Like we know yes. that that can actually happen in this league due to bizarre things. So you know if, if a union at that point is seen to be kicking up a fuss they're going to say well that's unreasonable come on we haven't had a game for such a such a time and it becomes part of a the process it becomes entrenched like i was going to say to you about licensing um and you we've mentioned about well listen everyone's complied by licensing if the licensing regulation was that you had to have everything paid by the first of november would clubs meet licensing conditions um, first of November before the season kicks off? No, no as in, at the end of the season. season you, yeah. But the week after, the week after the last game of the season... You had to have everybody paid. You have to have everybody paid. What would, would licensing work then? Yeah, well, as you know... No specific cases, just no, no, as a general... No, no, as you know right now, players, if you go unpaid in, in July, for example, now, you don't have to pay the players till the middle of February. That's the, that's the reality I of find it now. that astonishing. No, but that's the way it is. Because people want to know about licensing. I think this is the yeah, ultimate thing. I, You're talking vague terms, licensing, licensing, but this is the reality. The reality of licensing, Dan, is... is if Dan McDonald is playing and he isn't paid um, in July, the club do not have to pay him till the middle of February. That's the facts of it because that's when licenses are given. So there's no there's no push on the clubs to pay any earlier than that. I've had years, Dan, where I stood in the in the in the the reception of the FAI where a club has walked in with a bag of money, handed it to me. I've counted out to give the players um, on the day that license was being issued. That's the type of stuff that that's going on. Is there not like um, labour laws going on here that would yeah, but describe that from happening? Yeah, this this yeah. goes back to the whole, oh, come on, this is how we do things. This is how we do things. And like, I, imagine being in a job where you're told, like, we should be able to pay you in seven mm, months. Yeah. Like, wages that you're owed. Yeah, like, the other side of things as well is, is and, and, and this is, we're in the process of, of with the collective bargaining agreements to get, uh, to put in front of the FAI. It's actually complete. It's tricky to put it in front of now. But, like, when you, we're talking about where we are with this league, we don't have a minimum wage. We don't have a minimum of the pros at every club. We don't have a start and end date of the season in regards to payments. We have all types of payments in this league. We have 36, 40, 42, 52. We have some players not paid in the mid-season break. We, have, we, have an, a, we don't have a standard. This league does not have a standard that you need to have to say, you're coming to professional football, you're going to be a professional club in this league, you must pay the players, for, ex for example, from the day that they signed the contract to the end of the transfer window. We don't even have that in place. So there's stuff that has to happen and has to change. The culture of this league needs to change. The players are driving it now. The players are driving the agenda now. So players for too long, and, and us as a union, have accepted certain conditions. This is a clear marker um, that we aren't accepting it anymore. We're not accepting players being paid 10 days after, players not being paid for seven weeks, players not getting treatment for injuries, players not being looked after. It is enough. Enough is enough. This is it. And we've had enough of it. The players in this league have had enough of it and they're making a stand. The support has been incredible from everybody. Everybody wants a professional league in this country. Everybody wants professional football for young players to aspire to. I want my son... Can it be sustained? To, it can be sustainable. Absolutely you it can be sustainable. Prize money though. Like you can't... If it's not just prize money. I don't yeah, think... Yeah, 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 okay, so how do Brave fund themselves in this season? It's not prize, prize money... Like no, the, but hang on a second. If there are 250 people going to the game, how do Brave fund oh, themselves? No, you, you fund yourself, but yeah. How, how do they fund no, themselves? No, no, I pay no wages, basically. No, no. It's you know, exactly, but it's not sustainable with the crowds of that. So, 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 so if Limerick, Limerick and Bray, the crowds that they have, 
how can they keep going? Like even even other clubs, how can they keep going without proper prize money? But I'm not. But so where, where are they going to get money then? How are they going to be funded? You, you have to run yourself in a way that you don't have crowds of that size. Mm. Like, that's pretty obvious. Mm. To be fair, you know, like I, I I think prize money should be bigger. But I mean, ultimately, you know, you're not going to have a uh, hundred hundred and seventy grand instead of seventeen grand for coming like fifth or sixth. You know what I mean? That's just not realistic. We don't, Why is it not realistic to have what to have prize money of that size? Absolutely. Oh, come on, you know, it's that's that's not it's it's you, you know you you hundred and ten grand or whatever it is for winning the league. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's that, what, that's uh, that's, that's like some. No, some I, I think prize money should be substantially bigger. I'm just saying you're not going to get prize money to run to cover the budget of a professional football. Team. It should go a lot further, Dan. I, th- I think there's a better way of sharing it personally. I, I oh, think well, this is, this is, this is sharing it. You're sharing nothing. Yeah, but I'm saying to you is is, is the top four t- or the top three in the league and in the cup. Well, it's normally the top four teams in the league. Yeah. get the European prize money. You would nearly say that the rest of the prize money they shouldn't get any prize money from the league and it should be distributed to the rest of the clubs. That's the type of ideas that we should be sitting around the table and saying, you're, you're, awesome. you're getting yeah. that, you're getting that prize money. Yeah. And, yeah. and take, the, take the league prize money away from their four clubs because of the amount they're getting. In your, like, let's be honest about it. The team's playing this league, not for the prize money in the league, Europe, Europe's like it. But mm. what's happening in the league is the gaps are getting bigger than the gap. The, look, it's no surprise, right, that the top bottom two teams are the ones in trouble because they're trying to reach something that's so far ahead of them. Yeah. And we have now a three tier, it's arguments where it's four, but three tiers at the moment where we have a top two that are in a different stratosphere to everybody else. We have a, a group of clubs like Shamrock Rovers, Derry and whatever in a middle group. And then we have this little bottom group of clubs that unless they get investment serious investment in investor how are they going to bridge that but gap you saw the Icelandic you know money that they made in the Euros yes, how, how much it went into the like, yeah. I, I, yeah of course but it all comes back to Irish football's dysfunction I mean that, that's, yeah. that's, that's, we, that's we have to get away anything. from that like. we, we, we have to get away from it yeah but we can, like we you need to like this is something that's deep rooted like mm. it's not something that we can just I, I think part of the argument about moving to a new ownership uh, model is to try and create that distance but you still don't like you need a serious amount of investment to, yeah. the, to make that work like, I think the, I, the collective bargaining stuff that you speak about um, you know I, I really I do agree agree with the concept of a minimum amount of pros minimum amount of this standards I think we've even heard John Caulfield and people speaking about it. the problem is that you might only end up with a seven team division you know with teams that meet it so you're always going to have to compromise here to a point and you know the the profile of a permanent division with a full time club at one end of it uh, you know 52 weeks you know Dundalk, Cork, Rovers, you know, good gym facilities or training facilities and all the conditions you would want from a pro uh, to, you know, lads at the other end of the table you know, uh, playing on the most part-time, more part-time level of football than 10 years ago in terms of, you know, paying stuff. Like, that's that's just not going to work. No, and, and, and I think... But do you, you then know, need to get into the argument of refusing club... Like, you, you have the optics of, like, not allowing a club compete in a Premier Division. That's what you have to be willing to, to do. To be fair, like, you have to be willing to say uh, you're not you've qualified on merit for this division but, you're, like but England you, have been doing that for years no, but you couldn't get out of the finish, let, conference let, if you had a decent let, stadium let, like. let me finish my point I'm just saying that you have to be prepared for the optics and the strong leadership because funny I think it's the strange thing about the FAI is that there would be this view that you know this, the FAI is like this uh, hugely overpowering organisation but I actually think that the FAI's biggest problem sometimes is weak leadership in the sense that they're managing everything and they're afraid of 
upsetting anyone too much to the point where you're just sort of keeping everyone at a at a certain level. Taking along. So you, if you're prepared to come out and say, well, we're, we're, this club has gone in on merit, but we're... Ref- we're refusing them, then that's going to upset, you know, good volunteers with that club. There'll be a manager at that club who is a well-liked person in the league and there'll who be cares? players. There'll be players come. You say who cares? Who but the, the Johnny, it's... Would the optics of that have been worse than the Bray situation exactly. now? Exactly. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. But I'm saying you have to be prepared to do that, you yeah. know, and that's like... You need the, leadership. The, the standards that you're talking about there, basically it means the clubs will just have to be refused on the basis of, but you don't do it. And if that's where we're going to go, grand, but like that's a difficult... Well, I, I would certainly things. hope that this is the beginning of the end of the road for this sort of thing going on. That it's just as long as I've been supporting the League of Ireland, it's basically every other year this ha- this is happening. Is it the beginning of the end of the road for that, Stephen? Um, I, I hope so. I hope so. Um, I mean, I would be hugely disappointed with some of the stuff that's gone on over the, over the last couple of years. Absolutely. Um, I, I think. I, I think, as I said, I think players have have really um, found um, that they found the voice probably and found themselves in a position where they're just not willing to do it anymore. And I think John Sullivan's point the other day was, was so well made when he said that it's socially accepted now not to be paid on time. It's socially accepted not to be not to be treated properly. And the players are massively professional. Look at the physiques of the players now. Mm. Um, it, it, it's a different world to when I played in it. And, um, and I think it's not a hell of a lot to ask for the people involved in the game and for the people running the clubs at a minimum that the commitment that you make on a contract is matched and I think we have to get to that point whether we have to then get to a point where we have a fund that protects issues like this one which is something that we will discuss with the FAI can we get that type of fund that if a club has to dip into that there is a sanction for it mm. but look we have a league now right where if a club doesn't pay its players that they don't have to inform the league we have no rule that says the club so what we're finding now is the union and the club and the players sorry are seen as the ones who are snitching on the, on the club to, uh, to the FAI which causes this animosity like Limerick there's an animosity there because we're running to the FAI with an issue that really they should be uh, going to the FAI but there's no rules to say that they have to yes. and, and then no sanction and they've so, managed things in a particular way for a long period exactly. of time exactly so, so what they're, seen I is, think they're offended by yes. I think they're offended by mm-hmm. because they've they've had that relationship with players and I think the Limerick one is difficult because yes. I think Great people job. believe the, believe know that like you know Pat's not in this to take something from it. You know, he actually no, has no. A, a real, you know, care and and, and, and yeah. uh, his reasons for getting involved in football in Limerick. He's big into the community he and is, all this. Yeah. So, yeah. This, But this, this is the thing. This is a difficult scenario where you're looking for proper standards, but yet you're, you know, there'll be an emotive aspect of you know the 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 intentions of the people behind the club that you're not dealing with the, this property play yeah. scenario and like I'm just, that's the only thing I'm saying with you Johnny that if you want to get to an area where you, you're going to have to face these emotive decisions where you you go with the people who you think are winning for the right reasons and they're trying they're trying but they can't meet the standards so you have to say well this isn't good enough and you, you, you mean there comes a point where you have to do that but to get to a certain level um there's, there's mm. unpopular I have to agree with roads you, you have to go down I have to agree with you on that on the one where for example let's say they withdrew Bray's licence tomorrow yeah. how would the players feel at Bray like? Yeah. like that's not something that we would want we don't want Bray thrown out of the league like there's people on the outside saying they should be fired out straight away get through the season get through, exactly mm. that's what we've got to get to the end of the season and then that decision can be made and mm. I think the FEI 
to be honest, to be fair to them, are in a very tricky position now. So are so are Lyson when they meet to make a decision on break. Nobody wants to see a team thrown out of the lick. Nobody yeah. does. We want to find a solution to is it. Like is the FBI's financial place a play here? Like I, I suppose it is. I, I mean, I suppose it's unrealistic to think the FBI are going to come in and, and just give throw the money, money to us, yeah, which is fine. Yeah, yeah it's, and that's not going to resolve anything, and it's probably going to create a bigger problem. I think, as I said, yeah, the start of the season was the key one, Dan, and that was missed. Whatever happened, and again, because there's no information, nobody knows, and we're all sort of pointing fingers, and what we're trying to go and try and get away from the next couple of days is, is everybody pointing fingers, at everybody else, or like what seemed to happen the weekend, which is handed over to nobody taking responsibility. We have to realise we have a problem, and if we don't realise we have a problem, we can't fix it. Yeah, because I think, see, what you said there, but we want Bray to get at the end of the season, and this is my point earlier on, it's not having a go to players for signing up. I'm not saying that. I'm just mm. saying that last July, you know, things were bad at Bray for whatever reason. I know it's a slightly different scenario. There was internal squabbles and various yeah. people but there was a sense at that time and my feeling was well I mean Bray pay all this mad money at the start of the season let them get the end of the season and then hopefully over the winter listen yeah. even if it means that we have a really weak side in the Premier Division then so be it but then when they started signing players again and bringing in players you know of the quality you have. Yeah. You're like, ah, Jesus, no. Like, I sort of thought the Bray thing would, be, would just be solved. Get them through to the end of the season, that's great. They paid their money to their players, great. And then they started to go again. But then you're and thinking the commitments have been given, Dan. Yeah. You're thinking yeah. that they have, the FAA have learned from what went on the year before. They have put this huge um, um, amount of money in the escrow account to get them to the end of the season. I would have expected at the start of the following season, that same amount had to before, be uh, Before yeah. we wrap this up, are there any other clubs you're worried about? No. No. No, Sorry. as I said the other day, uh, I mean the best club in the league is UCD. Mm. Never, ever, ever have mm. we ever had an issue at UCD. <laughs> so a lot of things get it's get a clouded sustainable over. model. Like it is, it's um, this, it is a sustainable model. Um, does it bring in fans now? Does it create? Uh, really good football they, wouldn't meet your, they probably wouldn't meet your criteria for minimum number of professionals and stuff I know like they that. would, would they? Oh, they would yes in yes, terms of paying players yes, out of season they would. Absolutely. not paying players out of season but that's the, uh, from our during point the break, you know? from our point of view yeah, well, they play during the break yeah they do okay. um, the, what we would look for and it's like everything Dan as well I suppose the standards we're looking for in the Premier Division um, if you get up to the Premier Division I think there's a certain standard that we would like we understand there's going to be part time clubs we've two of them in the Premier at the moment so they have a, they have a different model and we understand that like there's players p- played in the League of Ireland 100 quid a week like, mm. I mean, the, Premier Division. In the Premier Division, there'd be, there'd be lads on, on part time players on 150 quid a week. Like, that's t- sorry, the type of stuff that we're trying to negotiate is what is the minimum? Like, mm. it's decided by people in an office. We don't have anything writing like, on what the actual minimum wage is. And we need to get minimum working conditions and we need to get minimum standard in the league. Should there be a maximum? Uh, a well, wage, well, you have a salary a cost protocol in place already, so the yeah. max is already there, Dan. We don't need to bring them, it's already there. Okay. Let's talk Europe, Dan. Yeah, well, I mean, you're probably a better place to talk about it than me because you've you've seen all the games. I've, I've, I've pretty I saw, much have. Yeah. I saw the the Dark Levadia game. I watched a bit of that. I must say, it was it was great. There were so many streams, like so you could basically watch nearly all of these games. Um, and the only one televised was Ayers uh, Rovers and AIK game. Um, I think we should start with Cork because they played last night and they were knocked out of the Champions League. And it's very very sad that this game wasn't on TV because. It is what it is. There was cost issues. Yeah. But I mean, I I, I would, yeah. So, first leg, um, they lost 1-0. I think they restricted um, Legia to like three shots on goal. A Legia team that was basically having its second game of any description, I think, this season. Um, John Caulfield went with an uber defensive system. Um, But in fairness, you know, McNamee missed an absolute sitter. Cummins missed a great chance. And uh, it was a worldly of a goal. No doubt about it um, from the, the Polish uh, I cannot go pronounce his name. Kukurchik, yeah, was, he, he screamed. I think he was the guy who scored the late goal against Dundalk over there, didn't he? In the 
In oh, he the, got the second, did he? In, no, the one, no, the one in the the one all injury time goal in Warsaw. I think. Ah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. So then, obviously, the the second leg was in Warsaw, and um, this is where I, why I find what I find really interesting. Cork City had a friendly against Burnley um, at the weekend. I think on Friday, um, their back four was Kane, Bennis, um, Barry, and Johnny Dunleavy, who was having his first start. So they have a very that's they have a very good kind of squad depth because these players want. I have to say, I mean, I I think if clubs are getting games called off for your being, I understand you have to make money, but like clubs having friendlies on weekends that they didn't play league fixtures. Well, I give you another. This, one, is, one, this, bit, this is really do you know bizarre. What's, do you know what's funny about that one? About that game is, I think the Waterford game was brought forward to give that space, and Waterford complained or not Waterford, sorry, Limerick complained the massive gate had been lost by moving the game and yeah. then they put Burnley in as a friendly as it's, and I think that's, that's what so bizarre right that's not bizarre it's, I mean mm. I, I think we all know that clubs just can't afford to refuse the income of, of pre-season games for English clubs when you've had your league game called. well I think there was like 1700 at like it was I know was, but still yeah it wasn't a, like it was whatever it wasn't exactly a big fun I, I just I was so, just making a point to, absolutely and that, I think we should talk about that again because yeah. um Kind of sound like Peter Collins. We, 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 you know, we've talked about this many times over the season. <laughs> but anyway, the, the main point here is so then you look at the rest of the Cork team, it's all these sort of squad players, and there's a lot of a lot of interesting players. Coughlin came in from Bray and started. Yep, Kieran Sadlier is on the left against Burnley. I was like, whoa, that's interesting. So he rocks up last night when the game is over. Um, and I tell you what, watching that game, Legia were there for the taking. They were absolutely there for the taking. And Cork City made virtually no attempt, whether they could or they were told not to, to actually get on the ball until the game was over. They had free kicks in their own half, in their own half of the pitch that they were sending straight into the opposition box in the first half, like old caveman Irish football. And I, all I could do was compare how Dundalk rocked up against Legia, 2-0 down against a team that was far, far fitter, far, far like about themselves. And Cork went there, and I don't think they had any belief they were going to get the job done. And Legia were absolutely there for the taking. They were all over the shop at the back. Um, apart from McNamee, maybe Beasy, um, Shepard to a degree, I don't think they'd any belief they could go there and win the game. And I was absolutely gutted with them. And I, I thought Cork City really showed, showed their own limitations or the limitations of how they're set up in, in Warsaw last night. They lost 3-0. It was a bit flattering, but I was desperately disappointed with them over the two legs. I really was. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know... The, uh, <sighs> I think when it comes to the European games like that, you want to have your, some of your better tactical players on the pitch. But clearly, I mean, I understand the mindset behind the, the strategy, particularly for the first game. It actually seems like the first game approach, he probably got it right to a degree. Absolutely. He you tried know, not to concede a goal. Yeah, and, and, he, and they very nearly they did it. they got done by a 35 if, if, they, if they went to Warsaw last night, nil all, and they had chances. Like So the first leg, I, I actually think their conservative approach in the first leg was a lot better. But to rock up with that team last night, Cummins up front on his own, granted now Cherry made a bit of a howler they're trying the to stay goal. in the game. They're clearly the approach was to game. stay in the game for an hour and then see yeah. what happens. But but, I, but I, it was so defeatist. Like it was so defeatist the way they approached the game. And my basic point is, Legia were probably operating at 50 percent of what they're capable yeah. of because they're just back in. They even rested players. Cork had a chance, and that belief just wasn't there. And Caulfield was slated on the Cork City forums afterwards, slated for how he set the team up. Um, forums are forums, Johnny. But like, it is. But you know, this is a very successful angry team. Angry man shouts a cloud. You know. No, but this but is like, a very, very successful team. Coffin's done a great job, Cork. Yeah, as far as I, I, I think. Um, I think sadly it wasn't. I think, I think sadly it wasn't used on the two I, legs. Yeah, effectively, I think. I think other managers would have would have would have 
would have utilized someone like Sadler in that situation. I think particularly away from home where you actually need to maybe relieve the pressure on yourself. So, we, I know, look, just, just one other point. We were, we're, we're champions, had, we're champions of Europe. We're champions of Europe. The Irish champions of Europe, for anyone who watched that game in, in Poland last night, are a bunch of absolute hoofers. That's all they did. They just hoofed the ball. <laughs> And, and, is it a question or is that an opinion? I, I, opinion? Stephen, I'm disappointed. Like it was, it was back in back in the days when yeah. Irish teams went for a moral victory and had a few points afterwards. Cork didn't do that, but they they played caveman football. I thought. Yeah, I, I suppose it's been it's been maybe said quite a bit this year that Cork play play maybe a sort of direct style. And I think a lot of people had said before this game that we're going to find it quite difficult in Europe if you don't retain the ball. Um, well and that players like sadly retain it well but John Coville has, has shown obviously in, in his time at Cork how successful he's been based on the, on the style of football he played I was over in Legia last year with you Johnny to, to, to see the Dundalk two game. years ago now two years ago yeah. sorry and uh, and it was quite an intimidating place the night we were there um, and that was a Dundalk team that obviously play a different style without um, Stephen O'Donnell yeah exactly and, and play a different style and we're 2-0 down as well um, from the fourth leg where I, I thought if they had to go 1-0 down or nil all going over I think they had a real chance um, but I, you can't criticise that's what John believes is is the best way to, to play he, he assigned players like McNamee um, to, to, to maybe bring a bit more creativity mm. around around the team so he's obviously trying to maybe try and tweak it but it, it was always going to be a very difficult toy uh, to turn them over and, and I didn't see the game last night so I can't comment yeah. on on how they play it but there's a style that John plays it's very successful in the League of World and it's obviously hard then to transfer that from the league then into European games I think it's very difficult uh, let's get to the Rovers game they, they will get another chance in Europe yeah, they, and, and you know they, they have a chance to, I think to be like you know you would think okay you've, you've had that experience and that we'll see what calibre of opponent they get they may well get a, a, a weaker team than Legia in the next round he, it's very possible and he introduced players at the end I think to give them a bit of experience in Europe which I think he brought on Kane he brought on O'Hanlon I think that was a good thing because the tie was up the tie shouldn't have been up though that's yeah I, I mean they, they, they could have played at their best and still gone out to be fair that's fine you know, they you know, didn't though no no I don't think they, they I didn't see the, the full the full game so you're you're giving your view on what you've seen I I'm I I, I think we'll, we'll see how they approach it if they have a sli- what might be deemed to be a slightly more winnable tie you know did we'll, either of you see happens. Rovers um I didn't see the Rovers game no I yeah. I, I, I saw Rovers I saw the highlights team. Yeah. Yeah, last 1-0 to AIK no, no, I thought, not out of the tie no I thought AIK were a good side I thought they kept the ball well I thought Rovers had periods in the game that they looked dangerous um, and I don't think that tie is over I don't think it's over I think Bradzer has a way of playing um, that is maybe maybe a little bit more suited maybe to European football and playing away maybe yeah playing away I think mm. on the break they could do something um, I think it was great to see the, the young lad in goal again um, Ginny he looks he looks a fair goalkeeper he, he did his. wobbly enough second half he but, did yeah but, 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 but to play at that level I know it's been said a number of yeah. times but it, 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 it's great to see but the mad thing about him was with the ball at his feet he was just like he was just like he was having a kick around the park it was like yeah. this the, this is nuts can a great, you imagine being 16 and a half playing yeah. at this level yeah, like, but it's a great thinking about it probably yeah. it's a great yeah. bit of freedom for him as well and he seems to I mean from talking to some of the Rovers lads said that like he, he just comes in to train like when you think you've had a is there the quality of mm. a goalkeeper he is um, more and than he, twice and he's, his age more than twi- and, and he's played international football and you're yeah. keeping him out of the team and he as you said he's just coming up and playing and enjoying it um, I don't think Rovers are out with this um, I really do think they've, they've got a chance um, got to maybe start green up top in the oh, very t- well I, when they come on I think Aaron gives you a huge amount of pace and strength and, and a bit of know-how as well he's clear, he's been around a bit Aaron and, and I think he's desperate for this to work um, I think the last time he was there didn't work at Rovers and I think I haven't spoke to him quite a bit recently I think he's desperate for it I think Bradley's last chance sort of territory in terms yeah. of I, I think at the top end of it, yeah. 
pro career. As exactly, such. as yeah, a full time yeah. player, I think. That, and I think he knows that. And I think he was excellent last year. A couple of injuries this year, Aaron has had, but I think he's a good sign. I really so know. versatile as well. Bradley's made good signings. Yeah. Dylan yeah. Watts as well. Um, like, Dylan Watts has made. It was, it was just difficult, I think, for Watts to go straight into yeah. a interesting game. Interesting terms, straight in. Yeah, yeah. But he kind of had to. And Brandon Cavanaugh was the fall guy then, and he didn't come on, but just Bone and Bulger did not have good games as sitting midfielders. Bone totally lost his man for the goal, which is yeah. criminal. Did they, have, did they have one sitting midfielder too many? Well, uh, very, very valid point, I think. Um, Dylan Watts gives you a lot going. D- Dylan's yeah. very good going, going forward. I've, I've watched him. Yeah. I've seen you know, the Bowes matches. I only missed one away to 30. I've been at every Bowes game this year. Dylan's been excellent. He drives forward with the ball, sees a pass. Defensively, he's got a bit of work to still do. And in European games, you can't just switch but off. In, in, fair, like in fairness the, the, to Rose, I do believe it's so important not to concede at yeah, home. They didn't cough up many chances. The, you know, the, they, the, they didn't cough up many chances. But then, I suppose, once you cough up one, then the plan is becomes questionable you know you know like the nil all home result has not nearly become if you're away second like the nil all home result has almost become the optimal result like, yeah and actually you think you know a lot of okay it's not i mean the dog did be bad at home but you think of like a lot of decent performances have come with away second for whatever reason yeah, you know yeah, a lot of, the, yeah. of our better results that sometimes you think you know a team that's at home second uh doesn't suit the league of ireland team if they yeah. can efficiently break and counter you think of rovers and belgrade going back and stuff like that um some of the better ones Ro- ronan finn's role was was questionable as well he came on the pod last week um, i i thought ronan actually uh i thought some of the criticism of his performance was totally unwarranted i thought he'd a good game and he was one of the he's a he's just a lad who looks so comfortable in europe i thought he was I thought he was dynamic in the way he played, but it's it's difficult to throw Dylan Watts into players he hasn't played yeah, with into a tie against. These are they, has, they are a good side. They and they're were, mid-season as well, aren't yeah, they? I know no, they had a bit they, of a break. They weren't. But, they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, they were a team that I'd fancied Dundalk league, yeah. could well take. I, I, they'd one outstanding midfielder. He was remind me a bit of Modric, who's kind of slight, long hair, always in the ball. Other than that, they, they were good. Like they weren't great, but um, anyway, Rovers best of luck to them. Um, uh, Derry Minsk. We don't need to really dwell on that too much. They're done, I think. Um, I, I, like. This is this is shambolic from Derry yet yeah. again. The, the, like the the defending and the lack of pressure on the ball. It, like it was this was like a preseason. Now you've said it before. Like there's not. There's, you it's know, embarrassing though. Yeah. Absolute for the league. It's not doing the league of Ireland coefficient any good either. These scenes going out and Derry to me is a club in crisis at the moment. And notwithstanding the fact that there was hardly anyone at the game at the price and all that, they're they're obviously toast. Um, but Dundalk. And they carried the candle, and they were the only team to score. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched most. I tried to got most of this game on the stream. Glavadi weren't that bad at all. Like, I, I think there's a view that they might have improved slightly from from yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, I think they caused them plenty of problems. Like that game could. I'm not saying that they were necessarily lucky because they could have wrapped it up later on and, and got a second goal. But I mean, if you'd sort of just watched the first half and and you didn't know who any of the teams were, you know, and you just watched the, the game, you'd say just just you know these these are well matched and the home side could have been ahead. Like you great know, save it, by Gary Rogers. As yeah, well. like and you know they 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 look like the type of team that they've got an away goal in them. So I wouldn't just assume that this is done. I think they will go through if you're talking predictions. But. Um, because Lavadia aren't, and this is the thing, you know. I was looking at the results. Like the, I think Sudova, the champions of Lithuania, knocked out Applewell Nicosia from Cyprus in the Champions League. Around where it wouldn't use to be that many shocks. Like we always talk about when we look at our clubs, we're progressing, we're getting better in Europe. It's almost like other countries are just like, oh, well, they're staying still. No, they're getting better too. I thought and you were going to do like the old Terry Venables there, like Lithuania, so of Estonia, so so a one, you know. <laughs> so like the dogs you, you beat you, like the Cypriot team you, in the you, next you round. You know, you know the Baltic nations. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, you know what they're like. Um, no, no, I think the point is though, like we talk about our own progress in Europe, but like other clubs, other nations are, are improving. Well. Like you know, you talk about Dynamo Minsk, um, you know, like Bate got to a level, but the other clubs in Belarus are doing quite well too. You know, and uh, that's why you can't have a team like Derry is, is bringing nothing to the European party. But I'm just saying, I think the top probably will get it done. Um, but you're going to the game Levadia aren't that bad um, possibly I, yeah I, I think there's a huge maturity I spoke to Gary Rogers directly after the game actually and there's a hu- huge maturity about Dundalk there's a huge understanding of how to play Europe and they don't panic now there's no panic with them they almost won that game like a team might come and win yes. in Ireland years ago exactly. and you would have the discussion going just look at them just, they're they're just we had our chances we should have beaten them and one then one. they take their 1-0 and they, and they do it I've got, to, I've got to mention Dylan Connolly as well I, I've been slagged on this show about like Dylan Connolly because uh, you know Apparently, I said he should be a great signing, and he wasn't. Blah blah blah. No, it's because it's because you flip flop spectacularly. Flip-flop. You said he was rubbish after in three games. Dylan Connolly's been a huge. He has. He had been actually. In, uh, yeah, but I think the point was that was knee jerk. We, we, we did say though he, he could do damage in Europe, and in fairness to him, he he should have scored two goals. And his pace, I think, I the you, dark character, the left back, because their left back's quite uh, old, the talent left back, and they were like Connolly has to play, and he played very well, I mean, and he's he's gotten a run in. Anyway, Europe. You, you interrupted Stephen's point. Let him finish his story. <laughs> no, I, 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 I didn't interrupt. Didn't let him finish. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I do think though that there's a there's a huge. I'll speak about Dylan Connolly in a second. There's a huge maturity about how they play Dundalk, and I think this is a, when Dan interrupted you. Yeah, actually, yeah. I yeah. think there's a huge understanding, and, and like that Dan said, I played in European games where you think you've played well, and you come off the pitch and you get beat, and you yeah. go, "How did that happen?" And and I think people look at Dundalk, and and the team is just so it's it's so um, able for Europe. It's so it plays a, a way where it retains the ball well. It allows the back four to get reset, and it's it's they are. They are, for me, uh, a real live chance, hopefully this year, of getting into groups. I really do think really? that's the doctor. I do, yeah, I do. I think there's a huge maturity with them. I think they've got players now um, that they've signed that are creative, that can create chances. I think Connolly, when we were over in Legia, Johnny, in that second half, Connolly oh, was yeah, crying out yeah. for it. They brought on Mikey O'Connor because they just didn't have they any didn't young lad at the time. And, and I think that they've that Dundalk have a box of tricks now that they can play anyway. And I think Stephen ha- has been in Europe enough times now that he knows his way around it. And I do think the preparation. I think the they club is really good. Extremely well, they do. And and um, if you, uh, I know that they've scouted out watching games. They knew exactly. Uh, they're given a dossier of every single player. And Gary was saying they knew exactly the players they'd taken in from. from a, um, they brought in s- some players. From from abroad and I know um, guys have gone out to watch them they knew every little bit in it yeah I've, I've, I've sort of heard the intensity around this game is like a Champions League qualifier game I, so I, I think they'll get it done on Thursday yeah. but I think if they get through and this is like classic the Larnica one is a fascinating one because yeah, Larnica, really Larnica were now they've apparently had some changes too yeah. but they were way more savvy than Cork last year yeah. and, and that's a real test to see if Dundalk and hopefully we're talking about it next week that it's a tide it's about to happen I think Dundalk from talking to players there's such an intensity on Europe it is not lost this isn't it um, Johnny mentioned earlier maybe that players play and they go out and have a bit of a party afterwards with Dundalk this is real this is their season They Europe is absolutely key for the players and key for the manager he rams a home to them that this is what he, he sees this as Dundalk are the standard bearers this is a standard area league we have pride in it and you're representing everybody around us Absolutely. and the players take that as well um, and he, I don't think that they will come up against anybody in Europe that they don't think that they can be yeah, it evokes you know the, that Stephen Kenny story of when he spoke of all the counties that were represented yes. when they played you yeah. know um, against Legia or the European teams and you know various parts of Ireland really were represented and it was like the only Irish kind of 
European experience you could ever really talk of, apart from Rovers in in, in yeah. twenty eleven or whatever. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, like hopefully uh, they get through. Uh, they should get through, and then I think, I think the Larnica one because I mean they've such a road to go to even think about the group stages because then they'll go into unseeded territory and the profile of teams if you got by Larnica, which is a big, 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 big if. Like you know, um, Monica, do you not think they're equipped to do it? Then no? I, I think they, I think they have a chance. I just think that the third round of the, the draw, and I just, I just feel we're in danger of like jumping too far ahead down yeah, the road. That, yeah, but yeah. but I, I yeah, I, I don't think I think they can handle any European tie. Like I don't think they would be phased by any no. situation. And I think a big part of that is the the profile of the way that they play and the players that they have that they will go away from home and they won't they won't be camped you know they no. will try and play you'd fancy them to score an away goal and they have a, a good contrast to like ball players and Duffy and Connolly and Pace and like, yeah. no they are equipped I I, I you know I, I don't think uh, it's beyond the rounds of possibility but it's just the number of teams that have gone from the first qualifying round of the Europa League into the group stage through the four rounds it's really small and you're talking about much bigger operations that just have struggled with it because it's a, it's an eight game series yep. you know it's it's no Irish club has done that before they've, they've got the Rovers and Dock route through so I mean it would be the best achievement it would be much better than any of the others if they could do it but you have to agree this squad of players in my opinion is the best squad of players that's ever I think that's ever gone into European competition I think it's in deep, recent times I think it's the deepest squad you're talking about I mean did they have um, did they have better individuals at times in recent years? That's a debate. Did they, you know, like you know, Horgan in twenty sixteen was just yeah. he was he was at a level. Now they have Michael Duffy. But, but Duffy is looking. Duffy's out, been absolutely out. He's, he's run against he's run against Pats and his role in the Connolly goal. He's been so good this season. Johnny, right now Duffy's the best player in, in the league. I don't yeah. think there's any question about that. I think everybody who's coming to watch anybody in this league and there's loads of people who ring you all the time. Who's the players you'd recommend? Duffy's just. I, I think he's moved on to another Ma- level. Martin really likes him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've made that point as yeah, well. Like, Martin likes him. Uh, I could, yeah. you know, um, but they're great to watch. Looking forward to going to Oriel uh, on Thursday as well, and uh, hopefully we've with some Irish team to follow there are uh, League of Ireland games as well Pats versus Limerick is actually live on Air Sports and I suppose to misuse irony here ironically Bray the other problem team are in action as well at Bowes who Bowes must be looking down and just saying God thank God the other two are in such crap because like losing 3-0 at home to Sligo Mm. Keith Long mentioning, you know, uh, did I hear the, booze at full time? Was yes, it? yes, and Longer mentioned in the program that um, he was kind of extolling the volunteer ethos while countering and saying we kind of need to have the pitch in better order, really. Um, but, patches on it and stuff. But but, but our, our resident Bose fan, um, Stephen McGinnis, yeah, yeah, you were I, at the I game. Am. Yeah, I, no, I never played for Bose, never supported the club. But my son is an absolute fanatic. Him and his three friends who I travel all around the country with. Um, I've only missed the dirty away game due to school, unfortunately. So I've been at every game. And, and just when you look at the, the model that Bowes have put in, just look at the club for a second. Um, it's it's they've gone and gone with where before it was huge investment, and everything else. They are very prudent now. This is a club who are not paying a penny over what they can. They have haven't Keith has gone in for players that I'm aware of, and they they just will not push themselves beyond that. And that's because the people who are running the club now went through that time. I, and I dealt with them, the likes of Chris Bryant, fantastic fella, who, who isn't willing to ever go back there. And then you have that problem with the fans now, because there's an expectation now. I think they finished maybe too high last year, and you're going, Where, what do we have to do here? Mm. And I think the expectations, Johnny, they're probably where... Budget-wise, they're, oh, probably, they're probably actually ahead of where they should they, be. They should be. They should, they mm. should be probably second from bottom. So uh, the expectation levels are, are, are really high at the club and, and I'm at the ground most weeks so I can see it myself. But the reality on it is, is they are where they are. Uh, and on, 
I think the club and the fans have to understand that and I think they do to a certain extent I think it was a poor performance of the day I, I don't mm. think you can say it. I think Oscar got blocked for the Oscar Brown got blocked for the first goal second one is a bobbly one around the box uh, Derek Penner gets sent off and then there's a, one that goes in at the near post you'd like to think it's a blip they've actually played very well this season without getting maybe the results of performances but they're still in a worrying position I think this is a huge game for them um, well, we should do predictions then yeah, I don't know how far I'm ahead, but it's just, it's just substantial. I don't know where we are. It's a prediction. What's the prize? What the, is, it's it's a steak, steak dinner. dinner. Steak, steak dinner. dinner. Yeah. Shani, where's where's Shannon? Shannon. 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 I'm, I'm, know, I'm sort of conscious because we can't even we can't be sort of facetious about the Bray thing and just joking about it like but mm. and in fact we just can't at all but I'm just saying like you know the, the picture that Stephen describes of a Bray team you know not even properly training and and you know lads on crutches and lads looking for treatment and Bows stuff have to respond how can how can how can, how can Bows not I mean spirit can take you a long way but surely home surely, win. Up, surely it's a home win Pat yeah. versus Limerick um I think home win as well. Pats have made a couple Pats, of interesting signings. They they they, they had rally, lost seven on they, the bounce, but they, it's very. They played misleading. well against the dog, though, didn't they? They absolutely did. I yeah. think so. That that might just be the trigger to to God, get. You've back. lost a lot of League of Ireland action here. I've lost a lot. A month. Yeah, you lose you, yeah. every second summer. You mm. sort of you're, you're coming back to it, going what's what's going It'd on. It'd be interesting so. to see with both, as you said, with Limerick and Bray, in the, and they've had issues obviously in the last week, and the players haven't trained and whatever else. Is that Bray beats Sligo on the back of having not trained for a week? Sometimes it's it's strange how this works. That galvanizes because yeah. lads and and you see it, I see it with the lads. They're very much together. That Limerick group are as tight a group of players as I've seen, um, and they're very much got each other's backs and and there's a, a unity about them which sometimes can get itself onto the yeah. pitch and, and I wouldn't be surprised um, if they put it up the Pats the weekend and I and I'm absolutely won't be surprised to see Bray um, put it up to Bowes because um, as I said the, the, boy, the, the players are physically fit anyway it's just the structure in which they play and it's the motivation to play and neither of these two teams have been have shown any lack of motivation no matter what you happens. have to laud them for that you do you yeah, and, and, and it's probably not said enough but, yeah. but you really do and, and they, sometimes when, you're, when your back's against the wall and there's a bit of probably release of going ah look this is actually enjoyment to yeah, get away from to get away from it. but I guess the thing is how many weeks can you get away with exactly. it exactly yeah. I think it, it yeah. must wear you down after four incidentally and, and um, they've just lost players both Bows and Pats are both one to four favourites that's how the book are like well, we've given up on the uh, the up. So if you fancy Bray and Limerick, you're getting huge prices. Um, <laughs> you know, it's hard to call. But first division, territory. Um, first division, touchy territory. Not at all. No, if you, you you're going to get ten to one on Bray. You no, just, I say like, I mean, maybe Bray and Limerick. If you like, why, Bray shouldn't be ten to one to beat Bows. Really, they shouldn't be. No, and they beat Lim They beat Sligo. Just in their last game, like last week, Athlone won, Cavantili three, Shells nil, Drogheda one. Unbelievable strike from Sean Brennan, like literally top corner, top What's top top corner. Unbelievable. I see Killian tweeting and then saying he's got to be up for Player of the Year. <laughs> Goals of that quality. So, oh, like he did it in Galway the last time I saw Drogheda playing, and uh, what a strike! Um, Wexford nil, UCD three. But this was the result of the round. Finn Harps three, Longford nil. Harps are absolutely on a roll. Cove one, Galway two. Galway now rallying and closing in. Actually, only five off second, which is Drogheda. And the weekend's games coming up: Cavendish against Cove, Drogheda against Athlone, UCD Galway. Um, probably my return to the Belfield Bowl. And Harps against Shelburne, Longford against Wexford. And that was. Uh, the 23rd episode of season two. Stephen, thanks for coming in. Uh, I know it's your job, but it is slightly difficult circumstances as well. And you don't want to be here talking about this stuff. 
No, we don't. Um, and, uh, as I said, um, uh, we have a job to do. Um, we represent a fantastic group of professional players in the league and we'll continue to do that. And We'll do everything in our power to ensure that, um, that the players get paid and that we have healthy clubs and, and a healthy league. I, I, I think the one thing that has stood out for me um, ever since the league went into recession, when Ireland went into recession and I thought the League of Ireland is really going to drop its standards here and the professionalism will drop. I don't think it did much, but I've been really um, taken by the professionalism of players who haven't been played for six weeks and it hasn't really let them affect our performance. I think that's laudable. Beyond laudable, really, because I don't think I do it. No, I don't think there's many people that, that could continue to, to do their job if they're not getting paid that length of time. But I, I think the players um, have to get huge credit for that. Um, but look, at the credit is from that end. It's running out, the time's running out, and, and we really do need, hopefully, to get a resolution sooner rather than later. Um, so hopefully over the next couple of days, we, we hopefully see some, some movement. Um. And we'd love to have somebody on from uh, any of the clubs or the FAI just explain their scenario because we do realise it's a little bit one-sided. But uh, Dan, great to be back. Well, you've just offered that opinion. That Which? It, is great to, it is great to be back. Great for you to be uh, back. Is it? It's not. I know it is. It's reasonable. I, I think it's yeah. great, I think it's great, it great that, you, for, yeah. that you are back. See, you could have, that's what you should have said initially. Yeah. Yeah, no just, more of this WhatsApp <laughs> audio nonsense. No. <laughs> Unless we get a few points in this. <laughs> It's the new thing, by the way. You're, I've you discovered this. Audio, yeah. I discovered this. If you have a few points and you send audios that you think are funny, and whether the person receiving does or not, you know, who this, knows? But don't, do, don't listen back to follow more. Is this how you do all your social interactions now? WhatsApp it's, audios. it's getting that way. Typing is just. Have you ever sent a WhatsApp audio to a, a female acquaintance? Absolutely. Yeah. In recent weeks. Don't know her anymore. In recent weeks. Season two, episode twenty-three. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Stephen. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. Top man, top man.